This is the CCOH podcast brought to you by Community Church of Hudson, located in Hudson, Iowa. Join us in our conversations with any questions or thoughts by submitting them to podcast at ccohonline.org. For more information about Community Church of Hudson, please visit our website at www.ccohonline.org. Good morning, or whatever time of day it is that you are listening to this. Welcome back to the CCOH podcast. Uh, If you were with us or caught our last episode, you were filled in on the news. If you had uh, missed it, that uh, Pastor Dustin has actually received the call to a new location and a new church. So he is going to be serving a new church, and he has uh, served his last day with us this this couple of weeks ago now on Sunday. And uh, we had a chance as a church to celebrate him and send him off. So we are excited about what uh, God has in store for him. So as far as that pertains to the podcast, we will still be doing it. We will still have the podcast. Uh, I'll be flying solo from time to time like I am today. Um, By the way, my name is Chip Herrera. I serve as the lead pastor here at Community Church of Hudson. Uh, So thanks again for joining us. But uh, so occasionally I'll be flying solo. Uh, We're going to change the format from time to time where I may invite other ministers in the area and come and uh, just talk to them about what God's doing in their little piece of his kingdom. Uh, We may have some of our leadership and some of our key leaders at the church come in and talk about areas that they're involved in. Uh, And then we may just have some of our other people come and interview me about the messages and about the topics that we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet news for Dustin and his and Megan and their journey, but it's kind of exciting for us that we get the opportunity to try some new things, to challenge ourselves, to help people know Jesus more fully in just maybe a little bit different formats. Uh, so this week, we are going to stick with a solo fly of our current series. We are wrapping up our series on wrestling with God. We finished the last message in that series yesterday, so I'd encourage you to to jump online, community church, ccohonline.org slash sermons. And you can catch up to that entire series. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Now, to be really, really clear, we have not hit the entirety of Jacob's life by any means. We have just kind of hit certain highlighted points of his life. Jacob's journey with God is an incredible journey of God's faithfulness, man's uh, attempt at control, and God ultimately working in their lives and in their hearts and doing great things. Because again, like we've been saying over this entire series, it's not how we start, it's how we finish. And as long as there's breath in our lungs, God isn't done with us yet and has a plan for us and a purpose for us. And so anyway, this has been a great series. So this week we are jumping in to maybe one of the two most known events in Jacob's life. The first was last week's idea of the dream, the ladder, Jacob's ladder. This week is the wrestling with God text that we look at and we we dug into a little bit. So I won't spend a ton of time because I did this in the sermon, but just to set your stage a little bit for you, Jacob has, when we met Jacob on his journey with his dream, was on his way to try and find a wife. We are now at the back end of that. He has now served his father-in-law ultimately for 20 years. 
And there's incredible uh, happenings and incredible stories that, that happen there. So we are 20 years later and Jacob is on his way ultimately back to his homeland. He is trying to return home. And in the midst of that gets the news that his brother Esau, who he had deceived, who didn't, things did not go well, who Esau had promised in his own mind and heart that he would kill Jacob when his father Isaac had passed away, was on his way to meet him with 400 soldiers or 400 men. So Jacob sends gifts and sends all of these things, and he comes at it with this attitude of humility that we just don't see. In fact, if you read in Genesis chapter 32, uh, the first 21 verses are the account of this story that Jacob is sending gifts and sending property and calls Esau his Lord and that I am your servant. So there's this approach to Esau with humility. But then we get to chapter 32 verses 22 through the end of the chapter, um, and which is uh, verse 32. And this point of the scripture is God, is Jacob wrestling with first we see the word a man that it's the idea that Jacob is wrestling with a man but then we understand through language and through the rest of the story that clearly he's wrestling with God and um we see Jacob the, the the humility and the approach is big because we see Jacob previously trying to manipulate and control and do all of these kinds of things and what we're learning is that Jacob comes to understand years later that this is not the way that you approach God. And it's not, I want to talk about God showing up and wrestling with him or showing up in the dream. There's a theological word for these. So there's a, there's a word for this and it's called a theophany, which really the theophany is just God and, and an encounter with God is, is kind of the idea of that word or where God is seen or where God is experienced, um, maybe in a manner of face-to-face. And, and, and it doesn't always happen the same way. We see it all kinds of times in the Old Testament uh, where sometimes it occurs in a vision such as Abraham in Genesis 15 or in a dream as with Solomon in, Gen- in 1 Kings 3, Jacob's first encounter. We also see God appear in the form of a man. And this wasn't the first time. In Genesis 18, God appears to Abraham and Abraham saw three men there uh, sometimes these theophanies include storms or displays of power. Uh, God's presence was real in the form of a pillar of cloud and a fire as he led the Israelites out of Egypt in Exodus 13. Uh, he appears to Moses and the Israelites on Mount Sinai with thunder and lightning and clouds, Exodus 19, and answered Job in the sense of a whirlwind in Job 3. So my point is this, that God shows up in people's lives. And these encounters with God are not abnormal. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never had one of these. I've never seen a pillar of of, uh, fire. I've never seen a cloud leading my steps. I've never uh, encountered a man on a mountainside. None of those have happened. But there have just been other seasons, other times in my life. and, And they don't happen often. Like this isn't something that happens to me daily. In fact, I can probably count on one hand the times I can really dig into this. Uh, but I remember that one time as a young man, middle teen years, 15 years old, 14 years old or so, I was supposed to go on this, this trip, whitewater rafting trip, and, and I had this awesome opportunity. And the night before we're supposed to leave, I was just sensing in my heart, like just felt this, this weight of if I go on this trip, 
I'm not coming home. Like that was the only way I knew to describe this, this journey that I was on. It was that I was not going to come home if I did that. And so long story short, the morning comes, we're heading out on the trip. My mom happened to be around uh, the organization and I just told her, I said, I can't go. And so I didn't go on this trip and come back and the trip's all excited and everything went well. And, and I was talking to the guy and, or to the people and, and, on this particular whitewater rafting organization, they set people on the boat so that the weight was dispersed. And I asked what happened? Did anything happen? Did any, you know, and they're like, no, nothing really happened, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I said, well, like nobody got tossed out of the boat, nothing. And they're like, oh yeah, there was the time so-and-so, I forget the guy's name, who was sitting where you would have been sat, got tossed and he missed this rock by like six inches and, and you almost hit his head on the rock and they got it, got into the story and the memories and, well, I got thinking, you know, I was a good six, seven inches taller than this kid. Uh, I was pretty tall already at that point. And, and like, who knows what would have happened? But those were, that's one of those experiences where I feel that God was trying to say something to me that I had to listen to. And so those are the kinds of experiences that we're talking about with Jacob here and these other experiences with people in the Old Testament, especially. Is there those experiences in life that we have to pay attention to? those uh, feelings in our gut, those uh, circumstances in life that just don't seem possible in the realm of normal, everyday human capacity. Those, what I call, those are the Holy Spirit working in our lives and trying to reveal himself to us in a new way. And here's what we learn throughout Jacob's entire account of his wrestling with God is the big idea from this portion of scripture, Genesis 32, verses 22 through 32, is that if you have an encounter with God, it is impossible to walk away from that encounter and remain the same. It's absolutely impossible. So think about this encounter with Jacob and God. So I wanna, I wanna point your attention to Genesis 32, verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. So they're wrestling all day. Verse 25, when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he, the man said to him, what is your name? And, the, and he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So here's the interesting thing. Jacob's name was Jacob because when he was born, he had his hand on the ankle of his brother Esau. And there's the idea of deceiver or manipulator applied to the name Jacob. Well, God, after this encounter with Jacob, God changes his name. And it's no longer Jacob, but he becomes Israel. Now, we still know him as Jacob, and you'll see the scriptures talk to him about both. But God is changing his name because here's the, here's the key point. His encounter left him different. So the man, the, the man, the angel, God, whichever, however you want to frame this to help you process it, saw that he wasn't going to prevail in this moment. And so he touches the hip of Jacob, and for the rest of his life, he walks with a limp, basically, because we're given nowhere in Scripture that this was healed, that this was corrected, that this was 
momentary. We are, this is a, this is a mark on the life of Jacob that is permanent. And Jacob from this moment forward goes on to point people to the God that he encountered. Like maybe some of you are familiar with, with Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, that play, that, that reality. It's a great play. Andrew Lloyd Webber, great play. Uh, I'm not sure it's biblical in every aspect, but it's a good play and it's great music. Um, Jacob is the father of, of Israel. So history lesson, Israel has 12 tribes as we go on in the history of Israel from this point. Jacob's 12 sons are the fathers of those tribes. So the direct lineage of the tribes of Israel are from Jacob, ultimately Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob, and then through all, through the rest of them. So Jacob, from this moment forward, his entire life is transformed. So here's the challenge for us. This is, this is an interesting reality for us that we have to understand that if we have truly had an encounter with God, our lives are no longer what they were before. Um, and I was, one commentator made this statement. He said, the man blessed Jacob by changing his name from Jacob, the one who fought to get on top, to Israel, meaning God fights. His new name called him to believe that God would go before him and fight for him. Isn't that interesting? That God changes his name in such a way that he owns the fight. And I think this is important for us as we navigate this journey. Number one, I think that the challenge for us is to understand, did God, have we encountered God in such a way that our life is marked? Has our life been changed because our encounter with God? Now, we aren't generally given new names. Most of us probably haven't changed our name or, you know, we get, we come to a relationship with Christ and all of a sudden we change our name. No, most of us haven't done that. But scripture talks about in the New Testament that our old ways are past and behold, all things are made new. So if there is an, if we have an encounter with Christ, let's say that, let's, let's put it this way. If we understand ourselves to be followers of Christ then what we have to be able to answer the question is, does our life look different today than it did before? And since that point, so, so let, me, let me press in on us a little bit on this point. So since the point of coming to realize we needed a Savior, does our life from that moment forward look different? And is it developing from that moment forward? So are we progressing? Are we growing in our knowledge of who God is do we, do we step into the mission of God and go across the street and engage in conversations to help people know Jesus? Because see, the truth of the matter is in the New Testament, the, the statement is old things are passed away. We're no longer anchored by our old ways. We're no longer anchored by our old way of thoughts, or we shouldn't be, because we actually have a new identity through Christ. His identity, his righteousness has been put on us. It's not about us, it's about him. And there's an interesting, I did a devotion for uh, our elders, our leadership team here a little while ago, a few days ago at the time of this. And it, it says, 
uh, in First Peter chapter five, there's a there's a point in the in the text there, verse eight, I believe it is, that tells us to to be vigilant, to be aware, to be sober minded, because our adversary, the devil, roams around as a roaring lion, or excuse me, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I made the point to to my team here that that. The Bible is really, really specific on the language that it uses, and it uses the word like with a purpose. When the devil gets stomping around and roaring around and making noise in your life, there is no need to be afraid because he's not actually a lion. He's like a lion. So he's trying to roar and make all this noise, but he's really not. It's the proverbial, the dog's bark is bigger than its bite. It's that idea that, that, that we who are followers of Christ are now a new identity. But there's another reality that we learned from Jacob that we talked about. And this idea is that Jacob went, when his name was changed, he went from one who tried to be in control to one that surrendered and allowed God to be in control. Man, this is so hard in our lives. This is so difficult in the the world that we live in. It is so about control. Our lives are so about, can we control the outcome? Can we control the response? Can we control the narrative of our story? And as we talked about last week, that the journey that we're on is not always the journey that God has us on. I think the reality is that when we try and control how God interacts with us, we actually miss out on who God is. In many cases, not always. So do we try and control? Do we want it our way? Are we about our preferences? Are we about the way we want things? Or is our life surrendered and submitted to the sovereign wisdom of God? That's such a challenge for us to live in. And I think God is is probably in this day and age calling us to this idea of living different lives that look that sound, that are surrendered to him. Because if we fully commit and surrender to his authority, then our lives can't help but be different. And friends, let me tell you that when we step into that authority, we're not always going to get it right. We're not always going to do it perfectly. But in the midst of that is the greatest joy to be found. Because we no longer have the responsibility. So I'll put it this way. People, we talk all the time, you know, maybe you talk about it, but people are like, man, I would never go back to high school. You couldn't pay me enough money to go back to high school, et cetera, et cetera. I push back on that almost every time. I would go back to high school tomorrow. Now, granted, I did not grow up with some of the challenges our kids are facing with social media and, and all of those different things. But here's my point. When I was in high school, I had two responsibilities. Go to school, play sports, maybe three, and hang out with my friends. And most of us grew up in some semblance of that. Maybe some of us had jobs. But my point is our our responsibilities were very, very minimal. And so, like, yeah, there were challenges and there were social issues and there were, you know, who's going to say yes to me to homecoming and prom and all those you know, social angst was still real. But in the grand scheme of things, there were zero responsibilities. And it's like, there was a freedom in that. There was a comfort in that that knew 
mom, dad, family had it under control. And so my point is in a surrender to God, our point, our reality, our benefit of that comes that we can surrender and trust the great sovereign creator and his son, Jesus. Because even as amazing as my growing up was and as amazing as my relatively responsible list teenage life was, things didn't always work out because humans were still involved. But God is a faithful God. And I, I want to challenge us. I want to push into us to maybe wrestle with God this week. And who is in control? Are we wrestling because we're trying to own control? Or are we wrestling because we're trying to hold things back? I think if we were to surrender to God, we would find that there's great joy and peace in that life to be had. Well, friends, thanks so much for listening. I pray that you'll be blessed this week. Hope that the Lord works on you. Next week, we are going to be kicking off a new series. It's called The Kitchen Table. And we're going to kind of take you around our proverbial family table. I know growing up, some of our greatest conversations happen around the dinner table. And for our series next month, uh, we are going to be kind of sitting at Community Church's kitchen table and having a discussion about what God is doing here, what, what our leadership, our elders are sensing. So stay tuned for that. I would challenge you, if you are local, you want to check us out. We meet Sunday morning, 10 a.m. is our worship service. And uh, you can check out more information at www.ccohonline.org. If you are not local and you need a good home church, shoot us an email, podcast at ccohonline.org. I will jump online and I will help you find a good church that will proclaim the Bible and help you grow in your faith in Jesus Christ. God bless you, friends. We love you. Have a great week. This has been the CCOH Podcast, brought to you by Community Church of Hudson, located in Hudson, Iowa. You can subscribe to our podcast at www.ccohonline.org podcast for the latest episodes and conversations we have about sermon messages and topics in our world today. If there are any questions that were not mentioned in this recording, please contact us by email at podcast at ccohonline.org. Join us next week as we continue our conversations.